0: Live from our studios in upstate South Carolina, this is Track Chat Live. I'm dropping the hammer. No, you're not. Your destination for local short track coverage from the Carolinas to northeast Georgia. He didn't slam you. he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. Race results, breaking news, and interviews from track promoters and drivers. A show designed for racing fans by a fan. It's wrecked. 33 came off the bottom to wipe this out asphalt and dirt combined track chat live starts now here's your host just jeff alongside track champion and upstate racing legend the rocket david roberts
1: rocket
2: man,
1: all right here we are for our track chat live extra we mentioned it earlier we still have gary greenwood jr in the studio, and we're going to finish up a conversation, man. There's just so much good stuff to talk about when it comes to racing and Gary's story about, you know, where he got started at and kind of when he took a break and then his comeback. And, I mean, just so much stuff that we didn't get to talk about. And I know there's a story, Gary, you want to talk about, I think it was Donnie Bishop?
2: Yeah, so we were talking about, um, you know, as, as I started racing locally more, you know, when I was racing late my stocks back then, you know, Donnie Bishop was the man. You know, now he was still, I I was young. He was getting towards the end of his career, but he was the man to beat, you know. And before him, you know, it was Donnie Smith that was the man to beat and Ralph Carnes and all those guys, you know. But Donnie Bishop was just kind of like, I don't know if I'd say my hero, but he, you know, when you're a young race car driver, and I've heard David talk about this on the show, the the whole respect factor coming into racing. You know, I wanted to earn these guys respect, you know, and I prided myself on driving clean on you know uh, it probably hurt me I probably should have won a lot more races but you know first of all I had to work on my own car and I knew if I wrecked it (laughs) I might be out the next couple weeks Um, I prided myself on taking if it took me 10 to 12 laps to pass David Roberts and I didn't touch him and I cleared him I felt like I felt like that that was harder to do than just drive off in there and move him out of the way, which is part of racing. I get it. It just wasn't my style.
0: Right. Most of them would say, if you got by me in 10 or 12, you're doing good.
2: Yeah. And some guys did. You know, David was one of those guys. Jay Moore. I'll never forget racing Jay Moore. I mean, it took you 20 laps to pass him. You know, just some of those. And Donnie Bishop, same way. You might get to him, but it took forever to get by him. Because
0: they hit that mark, like Donnie Bishop. He's, He's done it. He's a great race car driver, but he hit that mark time and time again he didn't give you that
2: right and he knew he knew where to put your car yep. that's what the yep. good you know and i got better at that myself as yep. a you know more i raced at where to put my car if david's trying to pass me you know where to put my car to yep. i'll give him some room but i can't you know right kill his run off the corner or you know i you know there was just certain guys where you know, I, I learned I can just show my nose and boy, they start freaking out and they say, mm-hmm. you know, they're sideways off the corner for five laps and then I just roll just on by them because their tires are shot. You know, yeah. then some guys, you just, I mean, they make the car, you know, four yeah. car, you know, Marty Ward, yeah. car 10 car lengths wide trying to get by him. Yeah. And, know, it's,
0: and it's not that—is that wide, he's blocking. He's just putting it in a place to yeah. where you want to be.
2: Right. It's just, it's racing. You know, I, I never felt like anybody raced me dirty, right. you know, or, or I raced anybody dirty. I might have touched somebody a few times, but I always tried to pride myself on, Working that guy—that was the fun part about it, working them over and trying to find that run and where can I get him and you know. So Donnie Bishop was the man to beat back then. Um, we ran second to him multiple times, um, and I, the first time I actually outran him was at Anderson. I don't know if it was 2000, 2001. It was right along in that little era where he was—if you know, he showed up, yeah, everybody was running for second. You yeah, know, especially at Anderson. He was still winning at Greenville, but at mm-hmm. Anderson, he was. I heard a a you were you were running second. I heard a quote,
1: (laughs) and this kind of goes along the same thing. It just says, "Be so good that when you show up to race, everybody else wonders who's going to finish second because they know that you're going to be the one that finishes first every time you show up to a racetrack."
2: But he, you know, Donnie, you know, I had a few conversations with Donnie, you know, at Greenville, and, and I felt like he respected me, and that meant so much to me as a young driver that this guy who's you know seven, six or seven time champion at Greenville wins all the time to me that was that was a huge compliment you know and he had told me a couple of times you know he's like i you know i felt like i had a window had i got an opportunity i could have done something and but there's countless countless numbers of racers who had that window and they just never get a chance and never will, will you know right. I, you know i've heard Dale Earnhardt senior talked about that he's like you know there's so many of these short track racers they they might have been the best racer ever but they never got a chance you know but just to hear him say that he's like i've seen a lot of people come through and he felt like there was in that window had I got an opportunity and I felt like I'd earned his respect, but I still hadn't beat him yet. Well, we had a hundred lap at Anderson and those were my favorite races. I mean, he was just talking about, David's just <laughs> yeah, talking about, I yeah. hate, I hate 40 lap races because it's elbows up, move or be moved. And you got to get to the front. quick. Sometimes your car's just
1: getting good at 40 laps. Right. Isn't it? right. And, and, but
2: so I loved a hundred lap race, especially the wore out racetrack like yeah. Anderson, you know, so we had a hundred lapper, one that many cars, 10 or 11 cars. Um, You know, I think by 10 to go, I think the stands were about empty but I, I was about to straight away behind him and I started reeling him in. And uh, got to him, Going, to, took the white flag, I was on his bumper, went into one and two, and he, you probably remember this, but he ran kind of a medium line, I'd call mm. it. He didn't run on the bottom, he ran right in the middle of the track. And we went down the back stretch and I buried it off into three. Underneath him, he gave me room and right there in the middle of the corner, we both just gassed it up and we came off side by side. And, and when we came off, we touched wheels and it jerked the steering wheel out of my hand. And we went into the outside wall under the flag stand, um, hardest I've ever hit anything. And his car went up the fence, underneath the flag stand, ripped down three or four of the poles, and then he went over top of my car and he barrel rolled six or seven times down into turn one. That's and probably I, why that
1: big chunk of concrete is missing right yeah, there because of that. But night. I
2: won by by a foot maybe. Yeah. it tore the car all to pieces. But that was probably my favorite late model win of all. You know, just because it you know it took me. He made me a better racer. He made me better on my wow. race cars because I had to get my race car better to outrun Donnie Bishop and all the other guys. I mean, I mean, you know, Ralph and Ron Hall and Jay, all those guys were hard to beat. But at that little window in time, no, nobody could beat Donnie at that point, yeah. you know. And so that was a huge moment. And, and, and then the way it happened, you know, my wife still talks about it, you know, scared her half to death. She thought I was dead because it's just sparks and fire and his car's flipping and, you know. Do you have any
1: pictures from, nope, from no No.
2: No, there was one picture. You know, this is back before everybody was recording mm. everything, and there was one picture that somebody had from the grandstands, and in that moment, Donnie's car is up on the fence, right under the flag stand, and I'm underneath his car. And uh, uh, Tyler Bob used to have that picture in a restaurant somewhere. I have no. If idea anybody where it's knows at. where
1: that picture is, please, if you when you hear this, send it to us, uh, trackchatlive at gmail dot com, and we will like to post that picture if it's okay, just to kind of show people. It's hard to put into you know your imagination unless you're there and know the dynamics of how what we're talking about in anderson but to survive something like that it was man, ex- it
2: was exciting and first thing we did you know jumped out went and checked on donnie he was fine we shook hands kind of gave me a hug and no hard feelings now his son was not happy <laughs> oh joy <laughs> Joe, joey but, i mean his cars tore all the pieces you yeah. know and, and and i like and you know i got along good with joey but donnie was like, no that 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 was racing we both wanted to win that race and we weren't yeah. Neither one of us was going to let up. Right. And, you know, just it's, he just happened to get the worst end of the deal. I mean, my car yeah. was tore up, but he he junked that car. Yeah. Um. So that that was a pretty probably one of my favorite moments in late model racing around here. You know, making the Martinsville race with huge, you know, 142 cars there and doing it myself with just me and Dad. I remember that practice day. It was just me and Dad. Nobody. We didn't have anybody coming until Friday, and my car quit going into going on the pit road. And turn three, when we were parting, in turn one, and me and him had to push that thing all the way around Marchville Speedway by ourselves. and uphill. I thought he was going to die, you know. <laughs> uh-uh. So making that race, even though I had a flat tire early on, I finished the race, you know, um, that, was, that was a huge accomplishment to us as a little, you know, father-son team to go out there and actually make that race, you know. So
1: you're no stranger to adversity. It seems like you've had some yeah. of the same stuff go on yeah. years ago.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've had... You know, we had some success mostly locally. We didn't do great when we traveled. We did okay a few times, but you know, we just we kind of just realized pretty quick that we were just got to settle in and race locally, and, and, and uh, that's kind of we're I'm just saying,
1: like you know, you had a flat tire that night. And oh then, yeah, that was just bad luck. And then you just, had, I mean, you could tell us a little bit about the, you know the first race at Anderson. You've been out there testing on the car, and I mean, you pretty much said it's as good as it's gonna get, and you're just gonna go out there and you know see, see what, what I mean. happens, and then
2: yes, sir so you know i bought this used car and uh, in october and I, I stripped it to the chassis because i hadn't worked on them in a long time and i got to learn this stuff and now so,
1: how much has changed now compared to and i'm just the cars
2: themselves out. you know it's an older chassis that a lot of that's still the same but the setups have changed and the the zero the zero ride height rules that's all new to me and the jacking forces and all those kind you know i used to be a roll center based guy now it's now it's, they don't care yeah, about roll centers Now anymore. it's jacking forces and, you know, bump stop, you know We can't run bump stops, but we're basically doing the same thing. Yeah. So when I got the car in October, I stripped it to the chassis and just kind of went back through it, cleaned it, put everything back together so I could learn the car. And that's, that's where I was trying to explain to my son Trey. I was like, we need to learn this car because we're working on it. So, I mean, I had – the only thing I left in it was the – I think I left the MSD box in it. I mean, that was it. And that's where and you put get it, the advantage over somebody just, put, just
1: jumps in and drives every week. Right.
2: And then just put it back together. You know, we updated what we could, brakes and things like that. And I just took the old body out in the yard and showed him how to show Trey how to paint a paint a body in the yard, you know. And um, so it turned out pretty nice for an older car. Um, but the setups have changed. The zero ride heights and, and you know, getting the car on the ground was new to me. So I started researching. You know, I love I love learning stuff, you know, and so I'd reach out to everybody I could, David and Troy, and go down there and pick Lee McAllister's brain and, and just kind of get an idea of what's going on. And then now I got to apply it to my car and what I have, you know, cause I, I really didn't have the funds to go get a new front clip and a new center link and new spindles. So I had to take what I had and can I put it on the ground and can I make it turn? And that's kind of where I'm at. And so I've tested, tested uh three or four times with an older steelhead built motor car was got it where I, i thought it was ready to qualify and put new tires on you know it was turning well in practice i had a, scrub sticks were perfect i've kind of figured all that out you know i've got my sweet spot in the shop where i set my ride heights and that's the stuff i i love you know when it starts making sense to me yep. now can i make it can i make it good up front you know but anyway long story short uh second round of practice i lost oil pressure on that older motor and just i just had to park it and thankfully uh drawing ralph and um uh, uh, you know, Jim. They let me drive the backup car and get some laps. It's kind of back where you were. At the back sideways. where I was at the start. Yeah. So I'm kind of back to starting over a little bit again. But um, you know, uh, Brad Campbell reached out and is letting me borrow, a, you know, his uh, crate motor until I can get my motor back. Yeah. His dad, Larry. Larry Campbell. Campbell. Man. See, I, see, all this is kind of really cool because you know, with my dad and my grandpa, and my sister be gone. You know, all of that. But then Larry, I drove. You know, I've known Larry a long. Time. I drove yeah. Larry's late model larry bought a late mall for his son he bought it from bill easler you remember terry davis and bill easler they decided the son for whatever reason he wasn't ready to race it yet or wasn't going to race it so i drove it and we won three out of four races with it and was winning the fourth one and got took out by a lap car you know so i go way back with larry so it's my wife was like the whole thing with with papa and now you got larry's motor in the car you know it's just it's it's just a it's it's just a really cool thing and like I, I was saying earlier how nice everybody's been like going up talking to kenneth and gene i ain't seen them in years and it's you know it i, I know. tell you it's man really special
1: racing to me is just one big family man it is. People, it is. people help each other you know it's like you picked right up where you left off many years ago yep and talking about larry i he was one of a kind i really miss i got to know larry real real close the last three or four years you know he was when I started working at Anderson, you know, years ago, but the last three or four years, I got to really know Larry very well. And down in the pits, where he always would come down for practice, he wasn't allowed to come down during the race because, you know, Larry was Larry was Larry, mm-hmm. and he uh, he would let you know if he didn't like what you did. He would just come up and tell you. Yeah, him and, him and my dad were similar. cut out the same. They were mold. similar. They were yep. cut out. But anyway, the same so during practice, he would come down and we'd hang out and you know and talk and. He'd always sit right there beside the concession stand in that little corner there. And I I kind of dubbed that, you know, Campbell's Corner because that's where he was going to sit. Mm -hmm. And then after he passed away, you know, Troy and and Ralph and those guys got a little sign made and hung it up there. It says Campbell's Corner. But I'll never forget uh, on Friday nights, he'd be up in the stands and he would call me over to his truck and he would say, they better not finish in front of us tonight. And I was like, okay. And he would show me his wallet. I mean, there would be a stack of hundreds in there, you know, an inch thick. I'm like, okay, Mister Campbell. Yeah, he, he loved to
0: shake your hand and try to squeeze you. Well, I
2: yes. the, the, the next blood out of was, your hand. I was thinking was his hand was. He had the biggest hands. Hands you know, all farming hands. And oh man, yeah. Well, the night I, when I was just mentioning, I won three out of three out of four, and we were leading the fourth one, and a lap car hooked me. Well. After the race, you know I'm getting out of the car and there's all this commotion going on down there. Well, Larry is down there, about to kill this guy. And It's taken those couple of cops. It <laughs> might every, have been the
1: night he got man from the fifth. <laughs> and everybody else they could to pull him out of that guy's yeah. window
2: net. You know, um, I always but he said was just he a had good, hands of steel. He was just a good, a good guy. You know, and him and my dad are. You know, I feel like they're behind this. You know, whatever that means. You know, um, and. You know, but anyway, so I'm, I've got my motor down the machine shop, and ho- when I get it back, hopefully this motor from Brad will get me through the next couple of races. And he didn't have to do that, you know. Yeah. I got, you know, Ron Hall reached out to me to offer me to borrow one of his motors. That's what I'm talking about. Like, it's like I never missed a beat. You know, I hadn't, you know, even with Troy and them, I don't, I don't see mm-hmm. them all the time. I hadn't talked to Troy in a long time, but soon, soon as I was back at the track. He's like, "What do you need? Yeah, we're here to help." You know, and that's meant more than, you know, than I can. Yeah, I mean. Express.
0: The Corns are good people, you know. The Headings, I mean, we've all raced together for years. You know, we've had our times. We've raced against each other, but something happens to one. You know what you need? They come. You come. Come to this trailer. Go to that trailer. Mm-hmm. You know, get, see see what they got. And a lot of times, they up there in the third drawer, the fourth cabinet over there in the second drawer. Like you know, let's I, go get it. Yeah. yeah, I got some stuff from Troy the other day. I needed trying to move some lead around. The boards up there in that corner. Go get them. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, i mean that's that's just the way we do that's that's right. what i love about racing
2: yep so i'm looking forward to you know getting an actual race in with my car you know as, as fun as it was to drive you know troy's backup car and jim and them like it's nothing like your own I, car well i've got so much time and effort in it and it's special too whether i go out there and finish third or finish dead last it doesn't yep. matter i want i want to race that car there's you know there's something special about it and it you know it's just been part of my part of my journey this past year dealing with my dad's loss and you know i'm just i'm just ready to race my car
1: now for those who don't who didn't get to see you um when you come out and raced uh anderson friday or, or was an attempt to race you've got a different number on the car this year tell us what that is and why you have it on there
2: yeah so this time around i'm i went with the number 90 um like i said growing up looking at the picture book that's what my grandpa raced was number 90. My dad was 89, but he also drove 90 sometimes. So that's just kind of been a family number. My first go-kart was number 90. Uh, my first late model was number 90. And then after, when we left Lanier, I decided to go with my own number. So I took 88, next one in line. And uh that's just kind of how the numbers came along. And then Trey actually raced go-karts for like a year and a half when he was like six. And he was 87. So that's just kind of where we were headed.
1: So if your daughter raced... It'd be 86. Yep. Well, we
2: did the little Pinewood Derby cars at Iwana and they were 87, 86, 85, 84. You know, that's just what we did. You know, one, one of them ended up Donnie Bishop. <laughs> 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 but, um, so this time around, it's just kind of a, a family thing uh, yeah. that I'm doing. I have no expectations. Would I love to win? Of course. But, like that race Friday night was 14 cars there and I felt like, 12, 11, 12 of Those guys easily, yeah. if things went their way, could win that race. Yeah. I'm not too. So I know, I know, I'm up against. It's not going to be easy, you know. Yeah.
0: Anderson's as tough as it's ever been in the last fifteen years. I would say at the competition level. I mean, you you better bring your lunch. You better be on your game because it's tough.
1: I remember when you you were winning them like left. I mean, you won like four in a row, didn't you? One year one, that year you won a cha- no, it wasn't the year you won the championship. What year yeah. it was the well, year I won, before?
0: I won twelve in a row, one <laughs> year, so in sixteen. So I'm you know, then you have those years, you know. Then you come back and you win two or three. Then you might you might go a year or two and not win anything. Now the, the year
1: you won the championship at Anderson and Greenville, you didn't even win any races at Anderson, did you? I won two, I won two. But you were a consistent, top five. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we won two. And, and the same thing at Greenville in 15 when we won our second championship. We didn't win but th- three or four, I think, there.
1: I need another championship shirt. Mine's got a hole in it. It's yeah, well, <laughs> just so you... like well, I – You know,
0: I'm getting old. I don't know if there'll be another new championship. But, you know, we're going to race a little bit and see if we can get some wins. And I hope, Gary, you know, I think I think that I honestly believe that you're, you're a talent and you're one of those natural talents that I talk about that – you, you just got it, you know. Not uh, make your head any any bigger than it already is. But I think you're you're one of the naturalest talents that I've ever come across.
1: Well, I
2: appreciate it,
1: David. I tell you, we really have enjoyed talking to you, Gary, on this uh, track chat live extra. And uh, man, I'm looking forward to seeing you compete. I've heard a lot of things about you, and uh, hopefully on the 21st, you get to show everybody what you got in that white number 90.
2: Well, I'm gonna give it a shot. All right, guys. Earth's that's your last. I'll be there.
1: <laughs> All right, that's it for our Track Chat Live Extra. We'll hit uh, catch you guys back later on a Monday for Track Chat Live.